Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. The Bible says that the day that you hear him, don't harden your heart on that day. And if you hear the Lord calling you this day, then this is the day that you need to soften your heart and say, Lord, yes. Yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I need forgiveness. Yes, I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave just for me. And I receive your forgiveness and I want your Lordship to have my life. Today is a day to give your life to the Lord. Don't be overdue for judgment. Be ready for forgiveness. Be ready for salvation. Be ready to receive and be received. Are you on the fence about receiving Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? As you listen to today's message from Pastor Bill, he teaches you that today is the day for salvation. Tomorrow might not ever come. Don't put off to tomorrow what you can receive today. Pastor Bill encourages you that through Jesus, you receive forgiveness from your sin. You also receive a Savior who loves you and grants you the opportunity to live forever with Him. Receive the gift of salvation, not tomorrow, but today. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation chapter 14 as he begins his message, Harvest Time. So look at now chapter 14, verse 14 of the book of Revelation. It says, Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. So a couple things here. John is, is, is gets this vision. There's a, a white cloud. Interestingly, if you study through the scriptures, you'll see how, how often God's presence or God shows up with the clouds. When the law was given to Moses, when he showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration, so many instances in scripture where he shows up with the clouds. The second coming, he's coming with the clouds. But here it says, behold, a white cloud and, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man. That term or that phrase, son of man, is used by Jesus. Most commonly, it was used in the Gospel of Matthew. 25 times in the Gospel of Matthew, he referred to himself in that way. And we know he's a son of God, deity, but also he was a son of man. He was, you know, he was, he was both God and man. But this is one of the phrases, one of the terms used to describe him. So one like the son of man, having on his head a golden crown. Now, there's a couple different words in the Greek used for crown. This one right here is Stephanos. It's a victor's crown. It's a crown that you would get for, for having a victory. And so the one that looks, the one like the Son of Man has this victor's crown. And so we believe this is Christ, and he's the, he, we know that Jesus is ultimately the victor of everything. And he's got this on his head. He's got a crown on his head. And then in his hand is a sharp sickle. Now, sickle is not a word that we use in our culture that I, I don't know, icicle maybe, you know, but it's not in the, not the same idea as this thing right here. So the word sickle is used here more than anywhere else in the New Testament. It's only used, it's of the seven times that it's used, six of them are here in this little five verses. And the other one is in the Gospel of Mark. In general, a sickle was a tool that was used to harvest crops. That's how it would have been understood in Jesus' day. Here, the way it's being explained in the book of Revelation is kind of both. It's this tool that's used to harvest, but the, it's not crops of, you know, you know, corn or something like that. It's going to be people. God is reaping the earth. Here is going to be an instrument also to inflict judgment and death on those who have rejected God. And so it's harvest time. Harvest time is there's a finality. If you go through and harvest, you know, a field, you know, you pull up stuff. It's either good or it's not good, but it's harvested. 
It's uprooted. It's pulled out. It doesn't get a second chance. And we're arriving at a place in Revelation where God is saying it's time. It's time. And everybody here needs to know that for your life, there's going to come a day where it's time. It's time for you to give an account for what you have done with Jesus. It's time for you to acknowledge, you know, or, or to give an account for what you've done with the Lord. It's, it's, there's going to come a day in all of our lives and we don't get to plan when that day comes. And I think that's why we need to take it very seriously. I'm I'm not in charge of when I die. You know, I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to meet God one day. I, I guess, you know, unless someone, you know, takes their own life. But in general, you know, we're going to die when we die. You know, I got a, I got a certain number of days that I have and then they're going to expire one day. And at that point, I'm locked in for eternity of whatever I was saved, locked in, lost, locked in. And I want everybody listening to really consider where do you stand in relationship to the Lord? Really important. It is the most important thing that is accomplished, decided and worked out in this life. The most important thing you will do in this life and with this life is get your sins forgiven to enter into relationship with God through Jesus Christ. There is nothing more significant, nothing more important that you will do in this life than, than to be forgiven of your sins. And so if you've done that, you know this. And if you have not and you're listening, I want you to I want you to really take into consideration your eternal state. You're, you're an eternal being. You're always going to exist. You're never going to not be. When you die, you just move from this state to your eternal state. Human beings and angels are the two beings that are eternal. We will live forever. And so consider which, what you're going to do forever, where you're going to live forever, who you're going to be with, what you're going to be going through, as we'll get some explicit word in this chapter of what happens to those who die without Christ. So continue to follow with me. Look at verse 15 now. It says, and another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrusting your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he sat on the cloud and thrust in his sickle on the earth and the earth was reaped. So another angel came to the one that was like the son of man and said, go ahead, it's time. It's time to thrust in your sickle. The, the, the time is, is, is ready. It says the harvest of the earth is ripe. And a couple things. The, the Greek word used here for ripe, it has the idea of dry or withered. So the idea is something that was overripe. It's past due. It's, it's beyond time. It's, it's, it's time to reap this thing. They've had enough time. They're overdone. It's time to reap it. And I, I was thinking of this, you know, when I was a kid, my next door neighbor had an avocado tree, and, but it hung over into my yard and their yard. And so once, you know, whatever time of year avocados would, would start dropping, they would drop all over the place. So his dad would collect some and, you know, they would give them out in bags to neighbors and people. But, you know, we were young boys. And so they would get, you know, they would always be extra and they would get, you know, too ripe. They hung too long and they would fall. And when something gets super ripe, it's really soft. And so we would take those avocados that were soft and we would be throwing them at one another. And I remember the street in front of our house. There was a stop sign right there. The street would be slick from the goo of avocados because we were just throwing them at each other and playing in the street with them because they were, they were overripe. It was overdue. It was time to get done. Also thought of this, you know, some parents, some parents are hot headed and you need to not be hot headed with your kids. 
because God has been so patient with you. But some parents is, you know, the first thing the kid breathe wrong and they upside their head, you know, and that's wrong. I'm, I don't I don't I don't I don't uh, I don't stand by that kind of parenting. But there are other parents on the other side of the spectrum and the kid just is going and going. And, and you I've looked at other kids. I've looked at children misbehave where I said, man, they just need a spanking. So I, I almost want to adopt them just to give them one just so they can be balanced and be ready again. And so uh, you can look at a kid and think that kid is overdue for a spanking. It's, the judgment is, is, is it's just overdue. It's, it's beyond time. He needs 10 spankings ago. He needs a spanking. And so I want you to understand that God, when it says that it, it's, it's ripe for judgment, God was patient with everyone. It was it was over time. They were overdue for the judgment that was coming. You need to know this about God because you're listening to me. That means God is giving you have you have time right now if you're listening and maybe you're listening and you know that you're overdue for the judgment of God. You've been playing games a long time with the Lord. You've been passing opportunities to get right with God for a long time. I'm saying don't pass up this opportunity. You, you, may, you could find yourself overdue for the judgment of God. That's, that's what it means. They're, they're overdue, ripe, ready for his judgment. And so the Bible says that the day that you hear him, don't harden your heart on that day. And if you hear the Lord calling you this day, then this is the day that you need to soften your heart and say, Lord, yes. Yes, I'm a sinner. Yes, I need forgiveness. Yes, I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave just for me. And I received your forgiveness and I want your lordship. I have my life. Today is a day to give your life to the Lord. Don't be overdue for judgment. Be ready for forgiveness. Be ready for salvation. Be ready to receive and be received by the Lord. But the alternate is if, if you if you just reject that, if you say, ah, I don't want I want to do what I want to do. You may find one day when it's too late to turn back that you are now ripe for judgment overdue for the judgment of God. And again, this is a reminder that God gives people time to get right. You know, God's not he's not jumping at the opportunity to to smash you and to judge you. But when the time comes, there does come a time when now it's too late. Now there's no going back. Now you're going to give an account for what you have done. And so the angel said, thrust in the sickle. He thrust in his sickle and he began to reap the earth. Now, there's some imagery here as the earth is getting ready to be reaped that would take us back to a story in the Gospels. If you're a note taker and you guys at attend Calvary Chapel Inglewood knows that that means to write this down. If you're a note taker, write down Matthew 13 verses 24 through 30 and verses 36 through 43. One more time. If you're a note taker, write down Matthew 13 verse 24 to 30 and verses 36 to 43. I'm going to read to us the parable of the sower. And I want to make a couple of, of comments on that. Then we'll move on. So in Matthew 13, I'll, I'll read the parable of the sower and then we'll read the explanation. Starting at verse 24, Matthew 13, 24, it says another parable he put forth to them, saying the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, the, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servant said to him, do you want us to go out and gather them up? But he said, no, least while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, 
First gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them and gather the wheat into my barn. Now, the explanation of that parable begins in verse 36 of Matthew 13. It says, now, then Jesus sent the multitude away and went to his house and his disciples came to him saying, explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. God is the one that sows the good seed. Verse 38, the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sold them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The son of man will send out his angels and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And so here we have this, this, this parable that Jesus uses and the, the seed is sown into the world, the, the, but the wheat and the tare grow up together. And he says, don't, don't uproot them at the same time. So know this, Christian, that right alongside believers are non-believers. God says in the church right next to each other. I mean, they're identical. If you look at wheat and tear, you really can't tell the difference until from early on. You have to wait until they grow big. But if you wait till they grow big and try to uproot the tear or take out the tear, Jesus says you, you also, you might mess up and, and take out some of the, you know, some of the wheat. So leave it alone. I'll do the judgment. There's a couple of messages in that for us. Sometimes believers, we try to do the uprooting and the separating now, early. God said, no, no, that's not your job. Don't you worry about that. Let the fakers be fake. You just make sure you're not one of them. We don't want to make it our job in the church to be trying to discern who's real and who's not. It's not your job. What you want to do is look in the mirror of the word of God and make sure you are not a tear, that you are sincere. What mark the tear? You who practice lawlessness. These are people that have not repented. They are living in habitual rebellion to God, though they attend church. Same thing we see in Matthew 7 with that group, right? What identified the group that thought they were going to heaven but weren't? They were serving in the church, prophesying, casting out demons, doing many wonders. But it was you who practiced lawlessness. Here's a word to someone listening today. Don't add Christian service to your rebellious, sinful life. It's not how it goes. Uh, some people, maybe it, make, maybe it makes you feel better about the sin that you're doing. Maybe it makes you not feel so bad. Don't do this. Don't add Christian service to a wretched, sinful, wicked life, because in the end, you might deceive yourself. Your service might deceive you into thinking that you're OK with the Lord when God would say you got clear verses in Scripture that show you could serve your tail off and still not be born again. Have you repented and turned to Christ? And maybe someone's listening to this and they say, man, that's me. I, I do do stuff. I do. It makes me feel better about myself, but I have not repented. I would call you to repent today, then serve God, turn from your sin, repent of your sin, receive forgiveness from Jesus for your sins, and then serve God with everything that you have. But don't just add Christian service to a rebellious life. I remember when I was a kid, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, but I grew up with a mom that was, my mom was agreeable to Christianity and would have claimed to be Christian when I was a kid. And, and there were times when 
My mom would say, you know, we had a lot of bad things going on. And I remember there'd be times when my mom would say, I want all of us to go to church. And, you know, we, we, you know, maybe in my lifetime as a kid, maybe five times, you know, we went to church and we would leave. And that would be the sentiment. Like, I feel so much better now. I went to church. I feel better. And I just want to challenge you not to treat church like that, that we wouldn't treat church like something we do to go feel better service, something we do to feel better, giving, something we do to feel better. You want to actually be better. And in order to be better, you got to turn from sin and turn to the Lord. And so, but back to our parable, there came the time of reaping. God says, it's going to happen at the end of the age. I'm going to be the one that does it and I'll separate the wheat and the tares. I'll make the difference. I'll identify that which is legitimate and that which is not legitimate at the end. And it'll be permanent at that point. All right, a tear can't say, wait, 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 I want to be a wheat now. No, you bundled up to be burned. It's over with. Also, for those that are, you know, there are people today that are kind of, you know, wanting to suggest that hell is not a real thing, that why would a God of love, I don't think God would torment people. It's all through the Bible. We just, we read it, we're reading it in Revelation, we just read it in Matthew. What do you suggest? Why would they be weeping and gnashing of teeth? Think about that. I'm a grown man, right? I've experienced pain over the course of my life. I said, ow, you know, I don't, I've never felt pain so bad that I was gnashing, that I was going, I've never been there before. Maybe you have, God bless you. I've never been there before, but he says that that's what it's going to be like for them. And it's forever. Think about that. Like God's judgment is not a joke, especially because you've had opportunity to escape it. And so, so back to Revelation chapter 14, that parable just as a reminder that God's going to be the one that does the separating and there will be a time of harvest. There will be a time when there's a reckoning uh, and a separating. And again, it's going to be a wonderful day or a horrible day, all depending on what you have done with Jesus. Imagine that you're a believer. Imagine that you're someone that have, have received Christ's forgiveness for your sins and you believe he rose from the grave and, and the harvest time comes and, and it's time for judgment, it's time for separation and you're separated from this life to be with the Lord. Imagine that, because that's going to be reality for the believer. No suffering, no sorrow, no pain, no weeping and wailing, no gnashing of teeth, no bills, no trauma, you know, peace. I mean, all of things the Bible says about heaven, there'll be fullness of joy at his right hand or pleasures forevermore. No sorrow, no pain, no suffering forever and ever and ever. That's the reality for the man, the woman that is forgiven of their sins, that is in Christ. And so, again, if you're in Christ, you have hope. You have a great hope. But if you are not in Christ, then you need to consider what you're doing. Don't waste this opportunity today to find yourself in Christ. You need what he's offering. I need, we need, you need to be forgiven. And so we, we, need, to, we need to ask him. We need to reach out. We need to, we need to confess. We need to receive him by faith that we might be forgiven of our sins. Moving on now, look at verse 17. It says, then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. And so we see God making use of the angels. Angels, just a reminder, these are God's ministering spirits. God used angels to send messages. God used angels to fight, you know, to fight battles in the spirit realm. Angels are created beings and those that belong with the Lord are fighting with those that are running with the devil. But they're God's ministering spirits and God uses angels for many things in scripture. One of the things that they do, they protect us. We don't even know all the protection that we receive from angels. There are things that are happening in an unseen realm that we're just unaware of. But here, 
God is, is just is sending them out one by one to go do or they're, or they're coming and, and receiving orders or direction from the Lord or they're coming back to report things to the Lord. And so verse 18, another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire and he cried with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle saying, thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth for her grapes are fully ripe. So this angel who has power over fire, this is why that's important, because fire is one of the methods God uses to judge. And so the angel that's in charge of the fire is saying, let's get it on. He's saying, it's time. God go, listed the, the grapes are fully ripe. It's their past due. It's time. And the angel's ready to do his thing. He's ready to come bring the fire. And so he's there saying, hey, thrusting your sharp sickle, gather the clusters of the vine to the earth. And so we get this imagery here of we're going to see a wine press in just a moment. But there's this vineyard and there's wine. There's there's grapes everywhere. And you got to harvest the grapes. And in a minute, we're going to see the grapes, how we get wine out of the grapes and why you don't want to be a grape in this scenario here. So but he says they're fully ripe. Verse 19 so the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. So a winepress for you that don't know, a winepress is something that you, you, you step in. You, they put all the wine in a winepress and then uh, back in these days, they would actually step on it to press to press the grapes to smash them and all the grape juice would flow out and they would collect it somehow and then they would take it and make wine with it. And so here God is using this analogy to say, look, it's 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 the grapes are the, the people that are being harvested from the earth. Uh, they're going to be thrown into the wine press of the wrath of God. And so take the same imagery of grapes, a wine press and being smashed out till the juice comes out. God is saying that's what's getting ready to happen to people in judgment the wine press of the wrath of God. And so the, the trampling of the grapes in the process of making wine is, is used as a picture of God's crushing judgment that, that goes out. And so, again, as I look at this and I consider the fact that in, in both analogies that we looked at, the wheat and the tear, uh, even, even up to this point, you know, that there are people that have, people that have lived their entire life pretending some to be saved, pretending to be believers, maybe even convincing others that they were believers. And now it's harvest time. Imagine, imagine that you were a good fake your whole life and then you make it to this point and the one person that counts knows that you ain't about nothing, right? You fool everybody on the earth into thinking something about you is true. That's not true. But, but what you finally get before the Lord and he's like, I've, I've known the whole time. That kind of deception can actually deceive yourself. I saw this video and it was hilarious. It was it was very dumb, but it was hilarious. There was two guys. They put on a zebra suit. Uh, you can go on YouTube and look this up. I'm not kidding. The two guys put on a zebra suit. And the idea was they were going to run with a herd of zebras. And so they were somewhere out in the wild and there was zebras out there. And the two guys, one guy's in the front standing upright with the head on. The other guy's behind him bent over like this. And they, they're running out with the zebras. And it looks goofy with this zebra suit on. But then... Lions came out. Yeah, for real. It happened. Lions came out. So it initially it looked like this silly video. These guys are running around the zebras and, you know, it just was like, oh, this is, this is a stupid idea. It's funny. It's, it's silly. Then the lions came out and a lion attacked them. The guy lucked up. The lion bit the head and the head came off. 
And, you know, the lion, they normally take a big piece and they run off with it to eat it. The lion, not knowing what it was, took the whole head piece and ran off with it. And I'm assuming that the guys got out of there alive. But that you can go look it up on YouTube. I, I, I'm not making this up. But my point is this, right? It was, it was all fun and game to be a zebra when you were running with the zebras, but not when the lion came out. Thanks for joining us here on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through this very interesting book of Revelation. At first glance, the book can be extremely confusing and downright terrifying. But for the believer, this book brings hope that God will bring and make things right despite all the turmoil that will occur here on earth. Does learning and hearing about Revelation cause some anxiety? Or are you at peace with what God's Word says? Wherever you are at today with these prophecies of things to come, we want you to know that we're praying for you and would love to hear from you. Please call or text us at 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. If you're looking for a place to plug in, you're welcome to join us for church this weekend too. Check out our service information for Calvary Chapel Inglewood on our website, calvaryinglewood.org. We're offering online services, so look on our website or join our live stream on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. There are links for these on our website. Again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. While you're there, be sure to check out more of Pastor Bill's messages from this series and from other books of the Bible. Just look under the media tab for additional messages to listen to, download, or share with others. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time as Pastor Bill looks further into the book of Revelation. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to another edition of A Transforming Word.